Oh yeah, I am here with Michael Blue, and you guys probably know him from this little ditty here. Please, Mr. Spaceman, shine your light down here upon us, and help with the people need love from a mighty hand. Oh. Where did this come from? Let's start there. But before we kind of talk about who you are, you know, um, I'm a, I'm an artist. Um, yeah, I've done music for many years. I uh, lived in Los Angeles for many years. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a songwriter and Pixios came on the scene and I also like graphic, you know, graphic arts and any type of art I'm, I'm into. So Pixios really caught my, garnered my, uh, attention dove into that ecosystem and just fell in love. And um, was I was like, original. Uh, sorry? It was all an original song and you did all the, the video? Yeah, well, the song actually is something that I wrote many moons ago. But uh, when I was thinking of Pixios and, and I was thinking, God, I want to do a video for this. And then I just, one day I was listening to Mr. Spaceman and I go, Hey, you know, that'd be cool for Pixio. So I just edited together the video and it just, just kind of worked. So you started doing rabbit hole videos of your own, which I really liked. So a couple weeks ago, uh, Rob and I on our regular podcast, we, I, I took everyone down some really deep wormholes, uh, predicting some like government connections with the executive team at Block One. Um, and in the past, I, I, I knew about BIOS, which, which is Stan Larimer's project, and I, I, I talked about it on the show, but there's just so much going on with EOS right now that to, to kind of uh, fill my hour maximum of time each week, I, I've kind of been leaving it off, and I haven't been d diving as deep into the research into it because there's a lot of wormholes you can go down uh, with the whole BIOS thing. And I, I saw you recently had an interview with not just Stan Larimer, but with the entire BIOS team. So since, since my audience here seems to really like when I go down these rabbit holes with Rob, I, I think they'll really enjoy this conversation we're about to share with everybody because I, I think you're on my level with, with wormholing into some crazy stuff that, that I really think has a high chance of probability in the next year. Oh, so, for sure. How did, how did um, you, I guess, just even get the Bayos team to, to agree to come on? I mean, I guess they're just promoting their project at this point, so they'd probably go on if anyone would ask them, right? Or was it difficult? You, you know, um, I was on the uh, Bayos uh, Telegram channel, and I DM'd Michael Taggart and said, you know, hey, I would love to chat with you about about Beos, you know, are you, you down for a, for a Zoom call? And he said, sure. So we scheduled a date. And then on that date, uh, I said, hey, we're still on. He says, oh, yeah. And uh, by the way, uh, Stan Larimer is going to join us too. And I was like, cool, very cool. You know, um, I've been following Stan, uh, his work for, for many years. I've been in the space since 2013. A little bit about my background. Um, I uh, was heavy into the precious metal industry for many years. I owned my own brokerage. Um, so, you know, I, I come from a, an era of actually 
uh, telling clients that Bitcoin was a scam. Stay away <laughs> from it. So I understand FUD because I was, I was FUDing Bitcoin uh, in 2012, 2013. Um, I finally saw the light and uh, in, actually sold my brokerage, invested into Bitcoin, took a nice uh, ride, and uh, eventually you know, found Ethereum. And uh, funny enough, uh, was skeptical of Ethereum at first, uh, fudded it, you know, because I was a Bitcoin, ma I was a gold maximalist. I was, you, a, you I was a Bitcoin maximalist. And then I became an Ethereum maximalist because <laughs> Ethereum was the world's computer and it was going to take over everything. And, you know, it's the next evolution to Bitcoin and Bitcoin's uh, an old technology. And, and uh, so I rode the Ethereum train for, uh, for boy, a number of years now. Um, and fortunately, cause it paid off well and, um, it was, it able, it was, it enabled me to, uh, get into the EOS ecosystem. And, and I'd also been in, into bit shares early on too. So I, you know, I started following Stan and, uh, the whole team, Dan as well. Uh, and BitShares, and so I was, you know, familiar with the BitShares ecosystem. Um, however, it's it's not a it it was never really a hypey project to be in. You know, it was never there was never any like right now in the EOS community, you've got all this beautiful innovation happening every day and something to talk about. Well, BitShares never really had that. It was always like this real, you know, sleeper sleeper thing. You know, solid but you know sleeping. Um, so there's periods when, you know, I just hold on to bit shares and just not even think about it and go, Oh yeah, I do. Yeah. I own some of that. You know, it's like, you kind of forget about it. Um, yeah. So, uh, fortunately I, I hung on to it. Um, because once, uh, you know, Stan started talking about his vision for, for Bayos and the bridge between bit shares and EOS, I really started to take a look and diving in uh, to the details. So that's kind of, you know, where we're at today. And, uh, for the record, I'm a huge, uh, EOS supporter and fan, but, uh, Bios to me is the untalked about paradigm shifter on its way. So Bios, first of all, it's its own chain and the tokens on it are Bios tokens and they're free. Um, they're going through something called a rainfall period where if you own bit shares, you take your bit shares and you stake them into a, a Bayos contract, essentially. And every day uh, you are, they call it a raindrop, but you're essentially airdropped uh, your portion of uh, the bit shares token for that day. And I think the tokens drop at a one-to-one -one rate of bit shares to Bayos. But if all of the bit shares tokens are not staked into this contract, all of the extra tokens get distributed based on the proportion of tokens that actually are staked. So right now, I'm assuming a small percentage of bit shares are staked, or at least smaller than there will be after more people find out about this. So the earlier you get into this, the, the more uh, you, you could probably get from that rainfall. I, I personally have not uh, participated in the rainfall, but I'm sure after this conversation, I may FOMO and I don't know. Uh, but you said you have, and you did it with some of your OG bit shares, and then did you end up I, picking some? I up? did it with one hundred percent of my 
BTS. Um, and we're five days into this rainfall and I've already collected 80% of my BTS tokens in Bayos. Nice. So because there's less than 10% of the BitShares community staking their BitShares. And so it's just, it's raining mad money you know, into my Bayos wallet, which is actually the EOS voter wallet as well. So I, I kind of just want to explain Bayos because it, it's very unique and serves a, a, a very good use case. So Dan Larimer gets flooded all the time about how he left these projects and, and moved on to the next one. He can't stick with a project. But if, if you actually know the whole story behind everything, he, he never actually, there's always a pretty good reason. So with BitShares, he basically built um, a, a platform that could, could host decentralized autonomous companies but it had limitations uh, with, with being an exchange. And one of the big things was funding. So Dan Larimer himself at the time was, was funded through essentially a worker proposal system. And whenever that funding dried up, what, what, what are you supposed to do? And, and he kind of had, had to move on to the next thing. And he, he, he thought Steemit, uh, social media, what was the next thing he, he wanted to do. And then that led to his infighting with Ned and all, all that fun stuff. And then he, deci he decided to do EOS because he, he, he wanted to learn from his past mistakes and build up a general use case platform. So he made very specific use cases. The first two projects he had, one was, was a decentralized exchange. So that's essentially at the end of the day, what BitShares is, it's, it's a decentralized exchange, but at the same time, it's much more than that. I'm, I'm not gonna get into too much detail. Um, but what this raindrop is doing is anyone who is an OG BitShares holder who might might have ever felt abandoned by Dan, if they still have their BitShares right now, they're going to get paid back through this rainfall and then they're going to still own their BitShares tokens. They, once this rainfall's over, they could unstake, from what I understand, their BitShares. They'll still have their BitShares on the BitShares chain and then they'll have all these Bayos tokens on the Bayos chain. But what Bayos is trying to do is be um, what do they call it? A braided chain where it's like a mesh of the original bit shares and EOS so that they're taking the best from both ecosystems, the, the jurisdictional agility. They're going to have nodes in space as well as nodes on cruise ships. So you can choose the jurisdiction you want to settle your transaction in. So whether it's, you know, legal transactions, legal contracts, or currency transactions. Um, if the zone that you're living in um, doesn't allow that, then you can decide to, to have that settle in a region that it is lawful. And, and so that, that's the basically lawless one, which is for if you really want to escape every jurisdiction. But for uh, uh, enterprise, if they want to move to a blockchain-based system, they just want regulational certainty. So it, I, from what I understand, they have clusters of nodes in different jurisdictions like Utah or like Swiss, I don't know the exact countries, but let's say like Switzerland, uh, different jurisdictions that, that may be favorable for different things. Maybe it's for tax purposes, or maybe it's because in this country, gambling's legal and they don't wanna do the outer space thing. And they, they wanna ha have gambling uh, by, by the letter of the law as far as regulation. Well, literally any industry that wants certainty in terms of uh, how they're going to be regulated. Uh, right now, there's a lot of people out in the world that are worried that the 
a bit license of New York applies to them, even though New York shouldn't apply to anything but New York. Well, but, I, I would actually say that they have more of a reason to believe that now, considering the fact that you know, Julian Assange was literally drugged out of the Ecuadorian embassy this morning by British police. He's not even a U.S. citizen, and he's being extradited to the U.S. to face charges by the U.S. He's not even subject to. So it seems like that all people in the world, um, regardless of whether or not they are actually a citizen of the United States, are you know subject to the jurisdiction of the United States if they want it. You know, and and that that that's concerning to people. And uh, the idea that the internet may pass through New York City and your transaction. A packet may uh, pass through New York and therefore be regulated by New York is an anathema to me. It's outrageous. New York should have no jurisdiction outside its own domain. And uh, so what we are providing is something that allows businesses to uh, put their functions uh, out in international waters or international space or in Utah, because Utah has great uh, uh, legal tender laws that uh, isolated from uh, many of the uh, uh, draconian regulatory uh, regimes. So we want to be able to provide that uh, as a way for people to work. Uh, my best example, of course, uh, not that we're doing this for the sake of uh, promoting gambling, but uh, when you look at uh, what happens on cruise ships, when they sail into international waters, they open up their casino on board and uh, operate in an un unregulated way. When they pull into port, they close down their, their casino while they're in port. Well, that same kind of functionality would apply to every other thing that, that governments of the world want to regulate uh, by keeping them out in international waters uh, most of the time. So it's really interesting. Um, but it, it's some people may say it's not as decentralized as some other, like even regular EOS or um, something like Bitcoin. But at the same time, complete absolute decentralization isn't really their goal. It'll still be decentralized enough. Um, and I, I think Beos, the, the foundation, someone actually owns the hardware for their block producers on land. And then I think it's almost, from what I understand, this is me talking, I'm not super well researched on this, but it sounded almost like a model where you, you get elected, or, uh, you make a bid or whatever to be a block producer and you actually just are essentially leasing the hard I don't want to say leasing I don't know what the the payment system is but it's almost like a franchise I don't I don't know if you'd call it a franchise but it sounded like you you use their hardware they they have it all set up because they took care of all of the regulation and I, that's something I was really impressed with were you surprised by how uh, meticulous they were with handling everything legally we've got like I said Stan said we've got a lot of legal labor on this. We have layers and layers and layers of what I would consider to be um, stops, you know. <laughs> now, are you guys uh, located in Virginia? Uh, yeah, I'm in Virginia, uh, not too far from uh, where Dan works with his uh, EOS team. Okay. And I'm in Idaho, um, yeah. and I, I go back and forth to Utah. Idaho is another one of those maverick states. So. But, but where where are you? We have people in Ireland and uh, Greece and uh, Thailand, all over the place, uh, who are contributing to the project. So uh, we're not really tied down to any one state. They've done everything very smartly, and they've got a whole team of really bright lawyers that are just, you know, dotting the I's and crossing the T's on everything that they're doing. That's why they 
the whole Bayos uh, raindrop was delayed many times because they wanted to make sure that that they were legal across the board. And it is a utility token, um, but through their their legal, I guess, positioning, um, there's absolutely no way for them to be classified as a security. Um, even the the Bayos token itself is backed by Quintric, Quint, which is actually legal tender cryptocurrency, um, which is Quints are actually backed um, by legal gold and silver tender in the state of Utah. So Bayos is actually backed by Quint. Okay, now that's that's a neat tidbit. I, I had not heard that. It, so so it is every Bayos Bios token is backed by a sliver of gold. A very yeah. small one, yeah. I think it's like what one million but, Bayos tokens for one Quint. I think. Okay. Was that? But, was that but it's, a, it's a baseline. It's a. But yeah. you're saying that qualifies as a currency? It, it is backed. So yeah. Well, it is. Yeah. yeah. It, it does have an ultimate floor, right? And if gold goes parabolic, then hey, you know, Yahtzee, right? Right. But, <laughs> and so what we decided to do is okay. Number one, we back Bayos with gold, silver, legal tender, by the government as being money. Number one. Currency. Number two, we will issue that through a nonprofit organization through a basically what's called a, a limited cooperative association. And the reason why is for a few different reasons, but one big reason is uh, a, a limited cooperative association nonprofit can issue out a security without regulatory oversight or any sort of uh, filing um, by state or by federal. Um, so even if BEOS were to become or see be seen as a token classified as a security, we're still compliant, right? And and now we don't believe it's a security in any way, shape, or form. We built it. There's no investors. There's already two of them out the window. But in case they they want to like you know wave their hands around and hocus pocus us on it, you know we still are able to have the argument of it being not a security. So not only is it not a security because of those reasons, even if it was a security, we're still okay on it, but we're still contending it's not and we're backing it by legal tender gold and silver. And you can send those tokens in and redeem it at the ultimate floor price if you want to. So it will never go to an actual zero. And the other thing that happens is all transactions actually take place through Utah. Right. When you actually hand off a token to somebody, you're handing it from one account in Utah to another account in Utah. And that means that there is no money transmission happening anywhere. And so that's another thing. There's a lot of uh, legal work we did um, in order to make this thing as bulletproof as possible. And it's just a very minuscule amount, but it gives it an actual floor. It doesn't matter what the floor is, but Bayos could never reach zero. And according to them and the lawyers, that matters as far as you know, regulation goes and being classified as, as a security or not. So they have definitely done their due diligence on the legal framework and positioning of Bayos, uh, most certainly. That, that, that was really interesting whenever I heard that because I, I, I worked uh, with a lot of ICOs through 2017 and 2018 and like I never saw something like that and that was the first I heard of it. It made sense. It, it, think of it like uh, metal currency today. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what they're even made of today. But let's 
at one point, a quarter was worth a quarter's worth of silver. So basically, even if the, when it was silver backed, uh, even if the United States would collapse, that coin would still be worth the silver it was made out of. The, the, mm-hmm. um, and in this case, you have a digital token, which, yeah, it could, it could be, uh, have no um, value to some people, but it does because at the very minimum, it has a tiny, tiny fraction of an ounce of gold backing it. And it's not really worth much. It's probably less than a penny, but it's not zero. And, and you're saying that uh, the way they described it to you, that, that made all the difference. So that, that's, that's interesting. Does that make Bayo's currency itself? You know, that's, that's a question that I have because I know um, Quint is legal tender. So, and that's another project of Stan and Michael Taggart's. And, you know, another one that's for the rabbit hole discussion because um, we do now have a cryptocurrency that's actual legal tender meaning you can exchange that for fiat with no tax consequence. You can buy Quint, which is the gold-backed legal tender, and you can exchange it tax-free into Quint S, which is the silver version of it. So you have gold and silver. So can you imagine the trading possibilities? Now we have legal tender crypto, you know, instant settlement, instant buys and sells through- Mike, give me give me a wormhole of what this means and could mean. How about that? Well, okay, now you have legal tender on EOS. It's a legal tender, you know, international and and US based legal tender, gold and silver uh, digital currency, redeemable on demand, one hundred percent reserve on deposit. You know, eight K video cameras pointed at the actual gold and silver in the vault, so people can actually see it and and see the lot numbers and things like that. Um, that's more of a responsible type of uh, monetary system and you know I would argue um, almost a banking system in, in that way um, rudimentary doesn't have a ton of features yet but uh, able to now send any sort of you know store of value anywhere in the world to be redeemed for gold and silver on demand um, and so imagine having the ability to have uh, nodes in space and international waters where this type of monetary system can then reach any corner of the world. Anybody could then send any store of value anywhere else in the world, whether you're, you know, in the Sahara or Zimbabwe or in Timbuktu, it doesn't really matter. And you can get that value within, you know, about one, one and a half seconds right now on BitShares with EOS, it'll be even faster or BIOS, right? Let's backtrack. So we are all expecting block one or the community of EOS to have a true IBC. So whenever, whenever we, we, I, I, they call it a braided chain, like meshing EOS with BitShares. They're, they're under the assumption, I believe that we will have an IBC sooner rather than later. And I, I, right now, like we do have these, these pegged wrapped, tokens from chain to chain but it's like dial-up version of ibc and we want broadband version of ibc and eventually fiber but that might be a few years off right so once so we have these legal currencies on BEOS, completely legal uh they could be jurisdictionally agile so they're in a specific jurisdiction let's say utah because that's where it seems like they've done did a lot of their uh work and then we could move those tokens to eos 
and then we we could use the money EOS for whatever we want them to, or or they could be on Bayos. It depends. It depend, like it's it's wide open right now. We we haven't seen the use cases yet, but that that could be interesting. Is um, uh, bringing the the uh, asset back tokens like the gold token uh, um, the gold the tokenized gold what's that company Cointrick Cointrick the other thing it does though is all of these companies that maybe were OGs building on BitShares and have stuck around over these years they now get all of the benefits of EOS because all their all the EOS codes open source anything any update that EOS gets. Bayos can get and any sidechain can like Warbly, Talos. It, it's all the same. They're basically able to piggyback on probably a hundred million dollars at least of development every year uh, going into EOS, and that basically is a cost that they don't have to assume themselves because EOS is uh, basically not EOS. EOS IO is being com- uh, updated regularly by by Block One, um, and they won't admit it. So we'll say it for them, but I don't care how much Stan says he doesn't talk to Dan about his work and how much she said Dan doesn't talk to him about his work. That is complete and utter. Yeah, I'm in Virginia, uh, not too far from uh, where Dan works with his uh, EOS teams. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have a word for it. It, it, It's Uh, being safe. Let's say say that. They're father's son. I mean, both both in Virginia. You know, yeah. stands almost walking distance to Block One headquarters. <laughs> I mean, yeah, come on, they're both geniuses. Um, exactly. You know, hands down, the thing- they both love the space. You know, yeah. Sunday dinners. Uh, yeah, they're, they're they're just like, yeah, yeah. That's not yeah. what it's like, but that's what they'll tell us <laughs> it's like. They're they're yeah. very close, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, but I don't want to uh, get them in trouble. I'm just saying this is the obvious, right? Right. So, and let, let, uh, let, let, let us add, this is all speculation. Of course, well, you know, neither, we don't know any for books. <laughs> I don't own Bayos. You, you have some Bayos. I have none right now. I, I might by the time this airs, who knows, but this is all speculation. So this is our opinions and thoughts. It, no one really told us anything, but I just think it's super interesting. And I know I haven't talked about Bayos and I want to support the Laramers. I'm a big Dan Larimer fan, and I became a big Stan Larimer fan when I first, I didn't actually learn about him until probably last August, uh, whenever they started uh, publishing stuff, more stuff about Bayos, and I learned that he happened to be the godfather of BitShares. Yeah. I, I had never known that before. Yeah, he's a, um, he's a really, he's a good man. I mean, top to bottom, he's a good man. So let, let's get into some conspiracies. We promised people wormholes here and we're being really informative and educational here. We, we got to get a little crazy. So some background on Stan Larimer. So w- with some of my recent EOS episodes, we talked about uh, how uh, EOS IO or Block One is potentially doing uh, government contracts and government work. Stan Larimer himself has a, a, a background uh, working for some government organizations, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. Well, he's, he's a... Uh He's an engineer. I mean, he currently he's working on a model for Bayos through Sovereign Sky, where um, you will be able to rent Sky Time, which means if you want to, and and he's he's f- facilitating this himself. He's engineering this where you'll be able to rent. He's like a rocket engineer. He's not like. There's a lot of engineers. He specifically worked. In like aerospace engineering, so let's let's like get that out for the people who who didn't realize that exactly. And and he's he's got a lot of uh, NASA connections, um, and astronauts actually 
working with him and advising him. Um, and I'll go through those connections here in a minute. But um, yeah, he's actually working on the on the mechanism that you'll be able to rent telescopes in space and rent time to to research Mars or whatever. You know, whatever you want to aim that camera at, you'll be able to aim it at and do your research. And, uh, and this, this is a project called Mission Space, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so I guess, Bea, so there's a few things to get excited about, but it's all like a mishmash of the same team with a couple extra key players added in that, that are like, like for the Mission Space, there's some uh, space-related uh, companies and executives on the team. And so there's, there's a couple projects here. So there's Bayos, that's the actual blockchain platform. But then there's Mission Space, which you said has telescopes in space and they're already in, some of them are already in space. There's Are You On, which is a social media platform. Coincidence, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, which, which is amazing. Yeah, so we'll, we'll get into that. And then there, there was a third, the third one, Sovereign Sky. And Sovereign Sky is like a mesh low satellite orbiting network. And we, we have talked about that on uh, my regular podcast before. But um, I, in your interview with them, it sounded like it, it wasn't going to be ready for June 1st. Or, or do you think that was uh, purposefully done in the way they answered you? You know, I know they have two micro satellites up already. So I know that they're a good 18 months away from, I guess, from what I gathered, significant, you know, network in, uh, in space. So, but they do have two micro satellites in space now. And those, those were launched in December. So that was the SpaceX launch uh, that we talked about on old episode. Um, but regardless of the space, uh, the satellites, I think they could still do that jurisdictional agility on just international waters without the satellite. I don't think that's a necessary component for them to do what they're doing. Exactly, um, exactly. Yeah, and they have one or two nodes in space. Yes, they could use them, but I don't think they're even needed. They're still on international waters. Right, yeah, and, and it's interesting because going through the, you know, the different players involved in Sovereign Sky and Are You On, one of the one of the gentlemen is uh, was deep uh, deep player in the Royal Caribbean cruise line. So there's connections to Royal Caribbean cruise lines from a big player. In my mind, without a doubt, this has been something being worked on behind the scenes for many many years. And even uh, Michael Taggart, in an inter- interview I watched today. Um, he was mentioning about the early days when he and Dan Larimer and Stan Larimer were around the kitchen table and everything that is coming to fruition right now was part of that dreaming phase that they, they all took place in. I'm going to tell you guys this. I got conference calls that we used to have um, and I used to record them so, so we could uh, review it later on, um, some of the call. Because um, they would go on for hours sometimes of Stan and me and Dan Larimer and a few other people on that call discussing, you know, the features that were going to be put into BitShares. During those conversations, you would, you would hear things about how we were going to later on build a social network and build an operating system 
based off of the graphene protocol. And this is four, three, four, four years ago at least, four, maybe five years ago. This is 2014, 2015. And this is, this is how long this has been in the making. I mean, I can prove to you guys and anybody else that this has been a part of the process and in the wheelhouse and, and, and in, in, in the actual sites the entire time, you know, and it's taken this long to get there, but it's been the intention. So he basically gave the, the hint that, yeah, everything's, you know, pretty much on schedule from what we dreamed up years ago around the kitchen table. Um, so that, that, sorry, that, that's, that's what I've learned about uh, these rabbit holes I've gone down is Dan and, and it sounds like his father and Michael Taggart, they, they were all together at, at Cryptonomex at one point. Dan is the original founder of Cryptonomex and that's the company that built graphene. Uh, and it's the company that Michael Taggart and Stan Larimer are both like CEO and president of. Um, I actually asked Dan if he was still uh, a partner in that company. In public, I did it publicly in Telegram, and he said no. You know, that was a lot of fun, Zach. You know, thanks for for having me on the show, for going down these crazy rabbit holes with me. Uh, you know, I hope to do this again sometime soon. Hey, if you're if you're willing to do the dirty work of the editing, you can come on this channel anytime you want. I, I, I love doing this stuff. I usually do it with my hands in Telegram. Like the first face-to-face -face I had with Mike, we've talked on Telegram many of times. Uh, but I, I had a lot of fun here. I don't have a great sign-off, but uh, I'm Zach Gall. <laughs> Michael Blue. <laughs> All right. Until next time. Uh, this is uh, Everything EOS, BOS, Consp I don't know what we want to call this. We'll have to think of a title. EOSIO, rabbit hole. <laughs> uh, we we, we got to do it for Rob. I don't know why we keep doing this. I'm not in the military or anything. So sorry, guys. I uh, didn't really plan to sign off <laughs> well, for this. I, I, I was in. I was in. The, we, I, I, you were? Sorry. I was in the Marine Corps. So you're allowed to do it. I could do it, uh, I guess, out of respect for you. But I think out of respect for Rob Finch, we should end it with a, a well, let's try to synchronize GoEOS at the same time. And if we mess it up, no retakes. So we got we got to time this up. Ready? Okay. We're going to say GoEOS. Three, right. two, one. GoEOS! Go. All right. That's a good sign off. <laughs>